here we go again this Sunday morning. Glad to have you with me. As I always say, hope you had a strong week. Hope you're looking forward to a good week that is in front of you. Let's make the week in front of us the kind of week that we would like to have. Let's begin to, to create it. Can we do that? We've talked a lot about creation, and I'm telling you, you can create the week that is in front of you. All right, hold on to your hats this morning because I'm going to read them a verse to get us going out of the book of Job. If I were to put a title on the teaching this morning, I would say I would I would title this How to Create Your Reality. How to Create Your Reality. So to get us thinking in that direction of how we can create our reality, I'd like to read a verse out of Job. I don't know how long it's been since I read a verse out of Job. I was thinking, I don't know if I've ever done any teaching out of Job. If, if, you, if you're with me at the Digital Cathedral, you know I don't use the Old Testament very much. I'm pretty much a New Testament guy, especially post-resurrection. I count the Gospels as New Testament, even though they're technically, for the most part, Old Testament. New Testament does not start till the resurrection and till the crucifixion resurrection of Jesus. So most of the Gospels are pre-cross, so they do fall into that category of being Old Testament. But I'm going to read a real Old Testament verse today out of Job, uh, how to create your reality, how to create the reality that you want, how to create the life that you want. I'm going to, I'm going to say some things today that I didn't say in that six-part series that we taught on You Are a Creator. So we're, going to, we're just going to unwind it a little bit further like I promised you that we would do from time to time. We'll just get some insights and keep building on the truth that we've already established. Here's what it says in Job chapter 22 and verse 28. You will also declare a thing and it shall be established for you. Now some of the versions say declare, some say decree. From what I can tell in my in my research, there's not a whole lot of difference, but I think decree is the right word. So I'll, I would just like to put that in there. You will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you. You will decree a thing, and the thing that you decree will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. So there's a, there's a power in a, a decree. So the question I want to deal with this morning is this. Can we decree a desire of our heart that was planted in our heart by our imagination, that came from a thought that developed out of the mind of Christ, which we possess. Now, evidently, Job's, Job thought we could. And I think that Job had a great point here in that 28th verse. Let me read it again. Then I want to read the New Testament counterpart to this. Job chapter 22, verse 28, you also will decree a thing and it shall be established for you. So the question we're dealing with this morning is the power of a decree. I'm going to define a decree for you in just a couple of minutes. And maybe a decree um, can be looked at in some light that you had maybe considered before. So we're, we're talking about this morning, the power of a decree, the power of, of are you able to make a decree uh, out of something that is in your heart, that has been planted there by the imagination, that has been developed by the mind of Christ, the thought that comes from the mind of Christ, which you possess. Uh, so let me, let me read it again. You also... You will also decree a thing and it will be established. That means it's going to it's going to be there. It's going to manifest. 
It's going to make an appearance. It's going to be established for you. Now, let me read the New Testament counterpart. Doesn't exactly say it the same, but I think the spirit of it is somewhat the same over in Romans chapter 10. And those of you with the word of faith background, you've probably read this little passage of scripture many times out of Romans chapter 10. Let me read just verses 6, 7, and 8. Romans chapter 10 and verse 6. It says, but the righteousness of faith speaks like this. So here's, here's the decree that righteousness, which is by faith, right standing, which comes by our trust in the Father and the Father's trust in us, speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead? Now, those two verses are pointing to the, um, to the lie of separation. It's saying you can't go up and bring him down, neither can you go down and bring him up. Why? Because the word, verse 8, the word is near you, the logos, the word made flesh is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word is near you. It's not separated from you. It's near you. And the word near really would be the word we would use for union. The word is in union with you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. And we, we've, we've talked about that heart-mouth connection that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth then speaks. And that's part of the creative process. So I would say to you that most assuredly, most decidedly, we can absolutely decree a thing and watch that thing become established in our life. The truth is man has always decreed what appears in his world. And man's going to continue to decree the things that he possesses as long as man exists. This is a simple kingdom principle. There is a power in the decree. The decree is strong. Now, many may not understand it. Many, many may not believe it. Uh, many may not fully grasp the power that there is when you decree something. But the evidence of the power of what we decree is obvious. It's easy to see if you just look around your world. Most of the time, we're not conscious of our decreeing. And maybe because we haven't understood exactly what a decree is. I think when, when we think of a decree, we normally think of something that we just, we, we verbalize audibly. We verbalize out loud. And that, that can be, that's part of it. But when you become aware of what you're decreeing, you can begin to see that, in fact, we do very little but what we first decree it. We decree it first, and then it is established. Now, let me define decree for you. Now, this might, this might be a little bit different than what you have thought decreeing is. Uh, decreeing is the official order that is issued by a legal authority. I took that straight out of the dictionary. Let me say that again. Here's what a decree is. A decree is an official order that is issued by a legal authority. Now, in this case, in the kingdom, you are the legal authority. And so when you make a decree, you are giving an official order as a son of God. As sons of God manifest, they realize more and more and more their legal authority so that when they make a decree, they understand that it's coming out of a place of union with the Father and it is then an official order. Now, the decree can be done in more than in one way. A decree can be spoken, right? That's probably what most of us think when we think of a decree. We think of something that is verbalized. But it can also be written. Kings would write a decree. 
uh, decrees are written today. If you have your eyes on Washington, D.C., they're definitely decreeing some things. Or it can, and I think the most powerful way that a decree is made is in the spirit by our consciousness. And that's what I kind of want to explore today. A decree that is made in spirit by our consciousness, and consciousness, you've come to understand, is awareness. It's perception. It's how you view things. You don't decree things to appear necessarily by, by words or loud affirmations. That's contrary, I know, to our Word of Faith days. And every once in a while, I just put a little thing in there about Word of Faith, because I was Word of Faith for a long time. I, I followed Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Jerry Savelle, uh, Norval Hayes, that whole group. I followed them for a long time, and I learned a lot from them about the Word. I learned a lot about Scripture. There was some good and there was, was some bad. And, and they did hit on this thing of decreeing, but um, it was put, put in this kind of light. It was something that came out of a loud, robust voice that we would command and demand. That's how the decreeing came. And honestly, I think a lot of times it was done to convince ourselves of the unseen results that we had not had seen that we had not seen manifest yet, it was to convince ourselves and to build our faith. The whole word of faith thing was this: that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So the more that you said something out loud, the more that it built your faith. So it, in our word of faith days, a decree was mainly verbalizing in a loud, boisterous, commanding voice. Can can any of you relate to that? I think some. I know many of you can relate to what I'm saying. It was used to convince us. Honestly, I think sometimes it just psyched us up. It was an emotional release. But decreeing uh, in your consciousness without noise, without loudness, is a very powerful tool. Now, see if you can see if you can catch this. Effective faith building, creative decreeing is done within us. It is done internally. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, very familiar verses. Come over to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, and let's, let's read uh, what the writer of Hebrews had to say about, about decreeing. Hebrews chapter 11, let me get over there. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God is a decree. It wasn't necessarily out loud. So that things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. So God used a decree. He used a, a declaration. He used an official order because he was the legal authority. He is the legal authority of the universe. And so when he uh, issues a decree, it is an official order. And when he issued it, things that did not appear came from that dimension uh of what does not appear, and what does not appear then appeared. And I want you to see that he did that by a decree. There was no, there was nobody around to hear him verbalizing it out loud when he created. So I think the decree came within him. I think the word that he spoke was he was speaking to himself. And we've talked about that a little bit before. So it's important to understand the power of a decree. It was an internal working, spirit work. And we're living in this dimension now. We're, we've moved into this dimension where we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. That's not determining our consciousness. Our consciousness is based on what we desire to see take place. 
and the assumption that it has done. The assumption that we have it, even though it may not have materialized yet, we live, we walk, we talk, we have our being as though it were. That's exactly what God did. So spirit work, this, this world that we live in, this world of spirit is an internal work. Think about it. Kingdom is internal. Faith is internal. Knowing, believing, thoughts, imagination, uh, the abundance of the heart that is developed is all within us. So when we talk about decreeing, we're saying that all creation, creativity is an act of decreeing. Romans chapter 4. Let's keep, let's keep working on this a little bit. Can we do that? Romans chapter 4. I want you to see the power as a, as a authority, as an absolute uh, legal authority that you have in the earth, that you, that you work in, that, that has been given to you, that when you make an official order, that's a decree. The official order is the life that you want to live. The official order is what you feel like you're lacking and you would like to materialize. So as, as the legal authority in the earth, you have been endued to make the decree. So all of decreeing then, because it's work of the Spirit, what I'm suggesting to you this morning is that the real power of decreeing comes from within. It's not just speaking loud words. It's not shaking your fists and, and demanding and commanding. That's not, that's not a spirit-empowered decree. Now, we've done that. We've done that, and I'm not going to tell you that it's not totally ineffective. I'm just telling you there's more, there is a more effective way to decree, and, it, 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 and it's more effective because we're spirit beings and we operate in spirit. And I've, I've just pointed that out. Everything that we work with, the kingdom, faith, uh, believing our thoughts, our imagination, that all is a spirit dimension. So doesn't it make sense that the decreeing that we make should also be in spirit? Now, I want you what it says here in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Speaking about Abraham, God says to Abraham, Abraham, this is a decree. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of whom Abraham believed. That believing of Abraham was a decree. He said, I believe. He said, I believe this God. Now watch how the decreeing takes place. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did exist. God is a great, God is a great one at working the law of assumption. When God speaks to the dead, he assumes they're coming alive. When God speaks to things that are not and wants them to be, he assumes that they're going to manifest. He's a God, he's a God of, of, of decree. And what ties the decree to the manifestation is the assumption. God assumes that it will take place. Those, those things are decreed internally. The decree as it's developed, what it does, it builds an awareness. It builds a, a, a knowing that we know that we know. The more that you decree, the more your consciousness can make the declaration the more you can put the official order into your awareness, into your perception, the more you know that it's going to happen. Here's a great example. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Here, I think this is one of the prime examples in Scripture of making a decree. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at a young lady that really knew how to make a decree. Luke chapter 2, and let's pick it up in verse 19. It says, and Mary kept all these things and 
pondered them in her heart. In other words, she kept them in their mind, in her mind. She rehearsed them. She went over them. She didn't necessarily speak words. But what she was doing internally, she was decreeing what Gabriel had told her. Mary was decreeing as the authorized authority to bring the birth of Jesus into full manifestation. She was decreeing as a authorized authority, an official policy of something that was yet invisible. Do you, do you understand that? Mary pondered. And the pondering is the decreeing. When, when, you, when you think about something, what you're doing internally is saying it. You're, 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 you're giving it verbalization, not out loud, but you're giving it verbalization internally. This is, this is a work within us. It's all a work within us. The Father lives within us. And it's, and it's that union of the Father that is within us. Doesn't it make sense to you that if, if I am that I am dwells within you? then the declaration, the decree that you make of what you are and what you desire to take place should be a declaration, should be a decree that comes within. It's an outgrowth of union. It's an outgrowth of understanding the oneness. That union, that, 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 that oneness is the hinge upon which the door of being a creator swings. You've got to have that hinge that swings. And, and the hinge is the union, is the oneness. And if you don't have that, you cannot open the door to creativity. See, here, here's how a, a, a creator thinks. Here's how a son thinks that creates. Right? He thinks this, and here's an internal uh, decree in consciousness. The Father and I are one. Now, I can say that with my words, but until I, I agree to it internally, until I say it with, with, within, then there's not a sense of union. The Father and I are one. The decree is, but the Father is greater than I am. When you and the Father decree together, Mary and the Father decreed together that she would birth Jesus. And when, when the agreement of the Father through the messenger of Gabriel that came to Mary, when Mary said, so be it unto me according to your word, then she pondered it. She began to decree it internally. And I'm telling you today, when, when the father decrees and you decree, the baby will be born. What it is that you desire is going to come to pass. It will manifest. Now that's probably going to dynamite some of you that are new to the digital cathedral that have this idea of separation. I think separation with the Father is probably the most damnable lie that has ever come in to the people of God. I don't know. I, I'd like to know how it first started. I, I could research it, I'm sure, but it started with religion saying that God separated himself from Adam. Adam was separated from God. So we, we created a problem that did not exist the church did, so that they could give us a solution that we didn't need. It was to bridge this gap, this perceived gap of separation. The church will tell you that's why Jesus came, to bridge that gap of separation that came from Adam. The truth is Adam was never separated from God. The truth is Adam was pursued by the Father in the garden. God went looking for Adam, said, Adam, where the heck are you? Adam's sin did not separate him from God. God went looking for Adam. So when 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 we think about separateness, 
being separated from the Father. Do you see how that has made us double-minded? We've put him in one place and we've been in another place. And we just read in Romans, don't, don't say who's going to ascend to the heavens to bring Jesus down or who's going to descend into the bowels of the earth to bring Jesus up again. The word that we declare is within us. The decree that we make is within us. Are you, are you catching the gist of this? So the power that you have in making a decree is extremely powerful. A creator lives in continual awareness of his communion with I am that I am. And he allows I am that I am to tell us what I am that I might decree what I am. If the father decrees, if the father says, if the decree from the father is that I am something, then when I decree I am, the father's decree and my decree have come into union. If I have a feeling that he's way out there someplace, I don't, I, it's, it's going to be literally impossible for me to sense that, that, that strength that's, that comes from the joining together, the power of two. See, the power of two is much greater than one. And in fact, when the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you agree and you decree, a three-stranded cord is tough to break. You might be able to break one. You might be able to, to doubt your agreement, your, your decree. But when the Father and the Son agree with you, that three-stranded cord of the Father, the Son, and you, and the thing that he has enabled you to say, I am, and you decree, that thing is, it, that thing is not going to be broken. It's going to come to pass. This, I, this duality has got to go. This whole idea of separateness has got to go. I realize it is so ingrained within us that it's easy sometimes when you see things going on around you to think, where's God in all of this? Where's God? Is he abandoning us? Like Gideon, where's the God of all the miracles? Why isn't he here taking care of business? Duality has destroyed the power of the decree. And until we come back to this sense of oneness, the decree that we make in agreement with the decree of the Father is not going to have the force that it should. I and the Father are one will transform your world. And you need to, you need to decree that. I challenge you to decree that for a while. When you get up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth. I want you to make an a, a inward conscious decree. The Father and I are one. When you're driving your car down the road, just say in, inwardly. You, you know, you, if you got a passenger, you're probably going to think you're crazy if you verbalize that, but you can think it within. You can decree it in your consciousness. The Father and I are one. That was the powerful truth that kept Jesus on track. Jesus knew that he and the Father are one. And because of that, the Father of Jesus and the God of the Pharisees were a million miles apart. And can I just tell you this morning that your Father and the God of the evangelical church are not even in the same universe. The God of the evangelical church is separated from, from the members of the evangelical church. They pray for him to show up. They pray for him to come on the scene. They feel that he's separated, sin has separated them. The, the, the father that you serve and the God of the evangelical church is not in the same universe. They see no, they're filled with duality. That's why there's been no punch and no power in the church. There are seeds like you that have now been planted into the earth and through the power of your decree and the power of the things that we've talked about and being a creative force that's gonna make a shift in our culture. There's gonna be a shift within the spiritual dimension. 
Now, let me just shake you up a little bit. When Jesus said, I'm going unto the Father, he wasn't saying I'm going off yonder somewhere. When Jesus went unto the Father, he's telling us that he went within where the Father was. I'm going to let that settle in for just a minute. Because you had this idea that, that Jesus just flew off when he said, I'm going to the Father. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go off some distant place. He went within himself. John chapter 14, verse 10. John 14, 10. And, and, and I'm making a big deal out of this this morning because I feel that it's a needed step that we need to make in our development right now and in the perception that we, that we carry that when we decree a thing, it shall come to pass. Even Job in the Old Testament understood that. He said, when you decree it, it'll manifest and it will shine a light on your way. It'll shine a light on your way. Jesus said this, John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Now, where's when Jesus said, I'm going unto the Father, where do you think that he is going to go to encounter the Father that was in him? The Father in whom he dwelt. See, I want that to become your mindset. I want your mindset to become the Father dwells in you and you dwell in the Father. Where are you going to go to meet or encounter the Father? All kinds of folks today are wanting an encounter with God. People that want an encounter don't understand union. They're still, there is still a dualistic mindset that comes from encounter. Like, I want him to come and encounter me. Now, if you're talking about an encounter as being a heightened awareness, a heightened consciousness, I, I, I can go with that. And I think that's what happened with Jesus. When Jesus went to the Father, he raised his level of consciousness and he transcended the limitation of the present situation and the limitation of being in a flesh form, of being a flesh being. And I think that's what we're after here. When you decree a thing from your consciousness, what you're doing is you now are ascending. You're, you're rising up in your perception, in your ability to see, in the sense of union and oneness with the Father. And the, 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 the more you develop that, the more you dissipate the limitation of being in flesh form. You are a spirit in flesh form. You are a spirit. You are not a body. You are not a soul. You are a spirit. You're encased within this flesh. So when you go to the Father, the Father is spirit. You are spirit. Father spirit, your spirit, one spirit. Have you got that? You're never going to be apart from the Father. Now, in this elevated consciousness, then, all things are possible. You will de declare a thing. And the thing that you declare shall come to pass. All right, let's look at the operation of Jesus on this for just a minute. John chapter 6. Let's look at the operation of Jesus in this. John chapter 6, and I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm just going to read the part, the punchline here, that's going to show us what we're talking about. John chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that they may eat? He's challenging Philip. He's saying, Philip, what do you think? Can you see in spirit? Philip, can you make a decree that we have more than enough to feed this multitude? Philip, where's your head? Where are you spiritually? Where is your level of awareness? Philip said to him, 
This he said to test Philip because Jesus knew what he himself would do. At that point, Jesus was already, in, I mean, Jesus was in spirit. Jesus, look, two dimensions are coming together, natural and spirit. Jesus demonstrated it so well. And when he demonstrated the so well the ability to function in, in the two realms, to him, there's only one realm. And that's what's transpiring here. When Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is to heaven, he's saying, I want heaven to invade earth so that the two places become one. That's the way Jesus lived. Jesus already knew what he was going to do because he, he lived in that realm. He, he lived in that decree. He lived in that dimension. Verse 7, Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may just have a little. Philip did not raise consciousness. The decree that Philip made lacked. The decree that Philip made was not going to create anything. Verse 8, one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two false cement, two small fish, but what are they among so many? So Andrew at least got a little bit of elevated consciousness. He began to say, well, we do have some resource here, but still the decree was not sufficient. Today, you are drawing to yourself what you are conscious of. Are you conscious like Andrew of five loaves and two fish? Or have you already got in your mind? Have you already made a conscious decision? Have you already, have you already visualized? Have you already made the perception that you have the resources within you to do what needs to be done? In this case, for Jesus to feed probably 20,000 people, 5,000 men, they had a wife, two children, at 20,000 people. If you, are, if you are dissatisfied with your present position in life, if you're dissatisfied with the present resources that you have, the only way to change it is to take your attention off of what appears, which is what Jesus did. Jesus took his attention off, we have nothing, which is what Philip said, or Andrew, we have a little bit, but what's that among so many? Take your attention off what appears and raise your consciousness to what you desire to be, and that is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus raised his awareness to what he desired to be, and then he assumed that it would be so. Now, I, I, want, to I want to talk to you some, sometime for an entire session or two about the power of your assumption. See, when you assume something, then you begin to live and act like it's so. That, that again is a double-mindedness eliminator. When you assume, Jesus assumed that when he blessed that bread and broke it and distributed those fish, those, and they were probably like sardines. They were just little fish, probably sardines. Boy probably had a couple of biscuits and sardines is what it amounted to. But Jesus assumed that when he broke it and distributed it, it was gonna be more than enough. See, you can't serve two masters. Follow me now, listen, listen. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve what, if, what appears to be and what you desire to be. You cannot serve both. That's conflict. Um, James said that if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraided. And he went on to say, let not any man think, you know, that he, he's not going to get what he thinks. Because he says that man is double-minded. And that double-mindedness then makes us unstable in all of our ways. And I want to suggest to you this morning 
there are many of us, some of us here at the Digital Cathedral, we struggle with this whole thing of double-mindedness because we see what we desire, but we also see what appears. And that creates a conflict. So we're transitioning, we're shifting where we put our focus, where we put the decree, where we put the assumption. There's a lot of people that message me and, and you know what they want? They want money. That's their desire. But the problem is they still have a consciousness of poverty. So they've got a conflict. They're seeing the poverty and they're also seeing what they desire. Now, at some point, you've got to break free from that. You can't, you can't serve both. You can't serve the desired finances and poverty both. The only way you can change it is to change your consciousness, your perception, your awareness, your decree. Uh, is this going over your head this morning? Or are you catching this? People, people message me and say, I'm, I am sicker than a dog, but I, I, I desire to create healing. You're never going to create healing with an awareness of sickness, with a consciousness of sickness. You have to rid, you have to rid it. You have to die to one so that the other one may live. Say it again. You have to die to one so that the other one may live. You have to assume that you are in abundance. You have to assume and have the feelings of that you are well. The, qu the question you're confronted with, quite frankly, and we spent, I don't know, you know several weeks on our I amness. The question that you're confronted with is, who do you say I am? Who do you say you are? You're sitting there today watching me. Who do you say I am? Not, not Don Keithley. You. Who are you saying I am? See, what is your conviction of you? What is your opinion of you? What light are you looking at yourself in? What decrees are you making about yourself? Because that's going to determine where and how you live life in creating the life that you want and what you want. You, you're going you're gonna to have to have a, a desire to see the invisible become visible. Now, let me throw this in there because this always comes up. The question comes up, well, how's it going to happen? Now, get this fixed in your mind and don't ever question this again. Don't question how it will be, how it will happen, how it will appear, because none of us know that's above our pay grade. That's above our pay grade. But once you have the conscious awareness, the perception, and you assume, I'm telling you something, it will take place. When? I don't know. How? I don't know. I know this from experience. He either leads you to it or he brings it to you. Living in the kingdom and living out of our sonship as a creator holds mysteries. I'm sorry, it just holds mysteries. Now, mysteries can be revealed. He may well show you exactly how this is all gonna break out and happen for you. I've, I've, I've had that, I've, he's shown me that before. And it's worked out just like he showed me. But a lot of times, I don't have any clue. I'm, I've got three or four things right now that I'm conscious of, that I'm assuming, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know this, it will. And I'm not coming off of it because I've already embraced it. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. The thought is what you hope for, right? It's what you hope for. And your imagination has given substance to the thing that has not been seen because you see it now with your imagination. I'm talking spirit today. If you're hung up in this natural world, you're not going to create anything. All you're going to do is be a reactor to every circumstance that comes to your life. Aren't you tired of reacting to circumstances? Aren't you tired of every wind that blows throwing you around? It's time we change that. You have the ability to do it. This all comes because of grace. It comes right back to that foundation of grace, the Father's favor toward us. But I will tell you this, the manifestation always follows the creation within. It never comes first. Most of us would like, would like it to manifest, and then we say, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I can create that. I can visualize it. I see it now. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. That's not how the kingdom works. The creation never precedes the creative activity. The manifestation, the thing you desire. The money does not come before you have a consciousness and an awareness and an assumption that it belongs and you have it. It never comes first. The healing never comes before the consciousness of the, of the awareness of your divine health. It always comes second. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, Check this out. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You've heard that verse quoted your entire Christian life. Did you ever notice that the things added to you do not come before you seek first the kingdom? Now, many folks would seek the kingdom if they got all the stuff first. They would, that would be an encouragement for them to seek the kingdom. It doesn't work that way. Every creative activity is brand new in, in itself, and it all takes on a little bit different uh, mystery, different form. The things that I have created, things that I have seen manifest in my life, they've all happened differently. There's no, there's no set formula or steps that you can jump into that's gonna assure that this will happen. But I will assure you of this. When you have a thought from the mind of Christ and you develop it in your imagination, plant it in your heart and let it grow, and out of the abundance of your, your consciousness, you decree it. I'm telling you, it will take place. How? I don't know. When? I don't know. I cannot, I cannot assure you that. It's a mystery. But we serve a God of mysteries. They are added second. We decree a thing, and then it shall come to pass. That's what we, we read that way back in Job, that when you first decree a thing, then it shall come to pass. And when you decree it, listen to me. Look me right in the eye this morning. I haven't had you look me in the eye yet. When you decree a thing, you then assume the feeling of already possessing it and you begin to act as though it already were so. If you're needing money, you, you, you make the decree and then you assume and you begin to live, you begin to walk, posture yourself. Have that awareness that it already is so. The decree is fixed with consciousness. The decree is fixed with awareness, and it gives it reality. And when it gets reality, when you know that you know that you know, listen, nobody can talk you out of it. Nobody can talk you out of grace. Nobody can talk you out of the finished work of the cross. Nobody can talk you out of sonship. Do you know why? Because you have assumed that it's so. And you are now, you're now living in that assumption. 
Can you please just transfer that over into other areas of kingdom life? This is all about kingdom living. This is all about kingdom manifestation. The same way that you created the consciousness of being a son, of possessing all things that pertain to life and godliness, the same, the same assumption needs to come for the thing you would like to manifest now. You're now conscious of being, and so without words, you have made a decree that I am. And the more that you know yourself, the more that you know that you know that you know who you are in Christ and who this Christ is that is within you, and it's a two-way understanding, is first understanding who he is in me, and then I begin to see who I am in him. And one feeds the other. The more I see who he is in me, the more that I know who I am in him. And this thing gets stronger and stronger. Things we're teaching, the things we're talking about, is all about the Christ that is within us. That's why, that's why Paul said, don't think you're going to go up and bring Christ down. Christ, Christ, the eternal spirit, the, 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 the word that was God spoke that created the universe. That's Christ. Christ is within you. The creative power of the universe lies within you. Deity himself lies within you. The more that you know your I amness, without even saying an audible word, the more you're decreeing in spirit. Every time I drive in my car, I'm thinking, I, I, I am favored. I am, I am a, a manifested son of God. I am, I am perfect in all my way. I am walking. I can't believe that I am in this perfect health right now. See, there's no sickness in my body that I'm aware of. Every, every disease germ, every virus that touches the body of I am dies instantly. I'm not putting up with that. I refuse to. Now, see, it's easier for me to do that when I'm feeling well than when the doctor tells you you got the big C. Then it becomes a battle. It becomes a struggle. It's much more difficult. And a lot of times you just got to work through that process until you get out the other side and say, I ain't going through that one again. I'm going to begin to exercise my I amness. I'm going to begin to create the divine health that I really would like. Everything that you desire takes place within the kingdom that is within you. The kingdom is where the storehouse is. Again, kingdom's not out there someplace. The kingdom, Jesus said, is within you. He said, don't be searching out there looking around for it. Don't be looking for some Messiah to show up to set up an earthly kingdom. You don't need the earthly kingdom to function. The kingdom that you're living out of is within you. All of creativity, all of creation, everything that you create happens first within you. Everything that the Father created first happened within the mind of God, happened within the heart of God. Everything that happened to Jesus, he already it says that he already knew what he was going to do. When he saw the, the, the blind man, he already knew he's going to make some mud, slap it on the guy's eyes. When he saw the 10 lepers, he already knew he's going to cleanse them and say, go back to the priest and tell. He already knew that. He already created the scenario. They weren't so much miracles. We look at it and call it miracles because we don't understand how to create. We're understanding now. We're getting it now. But we lived our whole life saying that's just a miracle. Where are the signs? Where are the miracles today? How come God isn't doing miracles? He is not doing miracles because he's teaching you to be the force to make the decree as an authorized authority on the earth to give a decree and what you decree shall come to pass. Hmm. Awareness, consciousness, they're all taking place deep within your heart. So don't, don't think you have to go out and blab and that to, to show what you believe. 
See, when, when those things mature, when within your heart, that awareness and that consciousness matures, I'm going to tell you something. Then you will not doubt in your heart. Didn't Jesus say that when you don't doubt in your heart, how do you reach that place? You decree. You keep decreeing. I, I think by the time Mary hit the fifth month and she started getting that baby bump, she's pretty convinced she's having a baby. So all the decreeing that she made when nothing was visible physically, she looked no different at eight weeks or 10 weeks than, than she did when she before the angel ever showed up. But there was a point in time she began to see the baby bump. She knew something stirring. There, 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 there are going to be times as you create that before it manifests, you're seeing things stir. All of a sudden, you're seeing these circumstances start to line up. All of a sudden, somebody called you on the phone about a job. See, one of my daughters, that, that happened to uh, short not long ago. And I don't want to reveal all the details to it, but I'll just tell you this. She got a phone call. And someone offered her, is, is wanting to recruit her for a better position probably than what she's, what she's got now. Now she began to see that. She knew, she knew that her skills and ability were beyond what she's, what she's doing presently. So as her dad, I didn't tell her. I began to see her in a different position. I began to see her making a lot more money. I saw that for her. See, we're one body. We're connected together. What I do affects other people. And we're going to learn how to do that more effectively. See, to not doubt in your heart changes your perception. You live in the assumption. You cannot put what I'm teaching you, new wine, you cannot put it into old wineskins. You cannot take into where we are going with part of the old mindset that you had in religion. That religious thinking will not pour into this new wine set. So listen, to raise your level of consciousness, the level of understanding and revelation of knowing who you are, you have got to let go of all those worn out mindsets that didn't work, all that religious understanding that just frustrated you and didn't amount to a hill of beans at the end of the day. You have got to release it. Paul told us that. Paul says this, Philippians chapter 3. I haven't read a scripture in a few minutes, so let me read one to you. Ephesians, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. See, he's assuming. He said, I'm not there yet. I don't have it. I don't have the full manifestation yet. I don't count myself to have apprehended. But he said, one thing I do. Now, this is so vitally important. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward, the higher consciousness, the deeper level of awareness of God that is in Christ Jesus. So what, what's Paul saying here? Paul's saying to get to where I want to go, I got to let go of where I was. And some of you listening to me today, you're still dragging baggage. You're still dragging mindsets. You're still dragging perceptions back from the church house that put you in bondage and ensnared you in fear, doubt, unbelief, condemnation, and guilt. You still got some of those vestiges in your mind. And I'm telling you, that's creating double-mindedness and you got to let them go, brother. If you're going to walk in what I'm teaching, you got to let that crap go. Shouldn't have said that word. You'll forget the whole message now. Just remember I said crap. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you do what Paul said? I'll tell you how you do it because 
This is a mystery. People don't get, how do you release it? How do you let it go? I'm going to tell you how you do it right now. Are you ready? You take your attention off the problem. You take your attention off the present limitation. You take your mind off the guilt, the fear, the condemnation, the doubt that is so well entrenched into our religious thinking. You stop focusing on it. You stop thinking about it. You stop giving it a place and you begin to dwell on what you want. You turn your back. Can I say it that way? You turn your back. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, turn your back on it. Don't give it any place. Allow it no strength in your life. Whatever you focus on, you empower. That's why the devil's so powerful in people's life. They focus on him all the time. Devil's doing this, devil's done that, devil's holding me back here. Get your focus off of what you don't want. Get your focus off the limitation and begin to decree and feel yourself to be the I am blank, whatever it is that you want to fill the blank in. Begin to put your focus and attention on that. Begin to put your decree on that thing. As you go deep and develop what I'm talking about, you're going to hit that place where you know that you know that you know. All right, listen to me carefully. When you hit that place, then what, what Jesus said, that with God all things are possible, or the, the angel said that when she came to Mary, she said, the angel, Gabriel said, with men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. And Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. When you hit that place that you know that you know that you know, because you've turned your back on what was, what never helped you anyway, kept you ensnared and in bondage for, for, for decades in some instances, you get your focus off of it. You don't think about it. When a thought pops up, you throw it out. You put your focus on what I am, what I desire to be. That's how you forget it. And the more you do that, it begins to dawn on you, you know what, I am. I am the thing. And you, the assumption then is there. All right. When that assumption is there, then the God in whom all things are possible, and Jesus said, if you believe all things are possible, can I tell you God's all things are possible and your all things are possible are the same all things are possible? There's not two. We're not working two here, right? We got rid of that duality. We got rid of that separatist in our thinking. So the God that, he, that has been declared all things are possible and the Jesus that looked at you and said all things are possible are in fact joined together in union as one. There's no separation. It's all one. No things are impossible. So the only way to change your life that I can tell you, the only thing that's going to change your life is the way that you see you. The way that you see you. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are not living any differently than what you see yourself. That's just a, that's just the bare truth. All of what I'm teaching is about identity. How you see you. How you perceive you. Begin to see you as I am. That I am how he sees you. Begin to see you in the same light as I am that I am sees you. And I am that I am sees you as an unlimited I am. Unlimited I am. 
that consciousness of self as it shifts, as you begin to walk in I am, you make the decree, you make the declaration as the authorized authority in your life. You're going to find as you, as you make that decree, there's a shift that takes place. And as that shift takes place, your life shifts. And the shift is going to be toward the desires of your heart. Some of you need to begin to exercise this. Some of you are not living the life you want. I'm telling you, I don't care how old you are. If you're still sucking air and taking up space, then there's a desire that you have to live a certain way. It might be to travel. It might be to minister to people. I don't know what your desire is. God put different desires in all of us. But I'm telling you this morning that when you decree and the level of your consciousness agrees with what you decree, it shall be done. Your world, your environment is a full reflection of your consciousness. So I'm going to close with Paul. My time's up. I'm actually a couple minutes over. I'm closing with Paul. Paul said this. He said, we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into the same image from glory to glory. What's Paul saying? And I'm done. He's saying, what you see in the mirror, you will become. If you don't like what you're seeing in the mirror, change what you see. What we should be seeing is the glory of the Lord. That's When you look in a mirror, it's reflected back. And what you see reflected back, you will become. Can you decree a thing and have it come to pass? Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't you ever deny it or think anything less. Amen? All right. I think we've gone far enough this morning. Let me remind you, we do The Secret Place on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Thank you for being with me this morning. Invite some friends over. Oh, make sure you like this and subscribe and make a, make a comment when the video's done. You can make some comments about it. People read those comments before they ever look at the video. So if you make a, com a comment or two, and then I put over on Facebook and I put it on the Don Keithley ministry page, encourage somebody to look at this. If this has benefited you, if this has been valuable to you, then, then make a good comment so that somebody else will be encouraged to discover the freedom and the liberty and the creative power that you have also. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time at the Digital Cathedral, Sunday morning, 10 a.m.